Today I'm going to bring the second part in this series. I believe this is a very important series. It's called Faith Under Attack. Now, faith has always been under attack, but right now in the United States of America, faith is under attack more than ever. And I don't intend on getting political or you know, into the social issues necessarily that a lot of people uh, talk about online and stuff today. I'm not going to do that today, uh, but I will tell you this, that there is an attack specifically on your faith. How many of you have faith? You have faith in God through Jesus Christ, right? Did you know that the devil is clever? He's determined, he's desperate, and he has a plan to rob you of your faith. And I'm here to tell you that a lot of people are losing their faith. They're losing their faith in God. They're abandoning their faith in God. 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, Paul said, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who love his appearing. I love that line, I have kept the faith. You know why he said that? Because there's a lot of Christians, even in his day, that did not keep the faith. They abandoned their faith. And right now, the devil is working. He's got a plan. It's very clever and it's very covert. His plan is to trick you, to lie to you, to convince you to abandon your faith. Now, I know a lot of people are thinking, I would never abandon my faith. But once again, if we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul also writes about the children of Israel and how that there many of them abandoned their faith. And when they left Egypt and were brought out of Egypt, many of them quit believing in the promises of the Lord, quit believing in what they had been praying for and wanted to go back to Egypt. Egypt represented the world. It represented safety that they thought was in the world. And I want you to know, he says here, now these things happened to them and as an example to us, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. I don't know if you know this, but you and I are living in the time of the end of the ages. That's right. You and I live in this time. All the things that happened to Moses back then in the day, all of those are examples to us. We're supposed to be looking at them and paying attention. He says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. I want you to know today that if you're not paying attention, you will lose your faith. You will abandon your faith. You will get caught up in the systems and the manners and the thinking of the world, and it will suck you away from God. I'm not specifically talking about church attendance, although that is a product of the real relationship you have with God. I'm talking about people who have no relationship with the Lord anymore, who stop believing there is a God. Or if they believe there's a God, they don't serve him anymore. Yes, people are abandoning their faith. Make no mistake about it. You're going to see more and more people who once claimed to be Christians declaring they don't believe in God anymore. 
I said this last week, there are famous pastors who once had big church who are churches who are now going online and telling everybody they don't believe in God, they, they, that it was all fake, it was all phony. There are famous worship leaders who put out albums and, and, and won awards and, and stuff who are saying they don't believe in God anymore, that it was all fake, that it was all phony. They are, there are children uh, of pastors who grew up and uh, the children while the pastor is preaching the gospel the the child the pastor's son or daughter is online telling everybody that God is not real they were raised one way but they have been fooled they have been tricked they have been dragged away from their faith and they've abandoned their faith why I'm telling you this is that don't think your faith is so strong that if you're not paying attention you can't be fooled because you can be fooled the way that we're not fooled is to be aware to know the truth to live in the truth I don't want you living in this day and age in the United States of America not knowing what's going on around you if you're paying attention if you take heed then you will see the trick of the enemy you will see the lie of the devil so today I once again am trying to remind you pay attention watch out what's going in the world don't live according to the patterns of the world Satan is covert he's sneaky he's clever he's trying to suck you down a road where one day you will say I don't even believe in God anymore Last week, we talked about how Satan lies to us doing our trials and tribulations. And, and let me just sum up what I talked about last week. And that is that when we go through difficulties, he lies to us and he says, there is no God. See, if there was a God, he wouldn't allow bad things to happen to you. How many of you have felt that before? The whisper in the ear. Or if he can't convince you there is no God, he goes to step two, which is, well, yeah, God's real, but he don't love you. He don't care about you. That's why bad things happen. Because if he wanted to, he could have delivered you from that problem. He could have met that need. He could have caused things to turn out differently. And we learned last week that God lets life happen to us down here. That, that the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And, and that God's plan is not to make your life easy and rosy. His plan is to use difficulties to make you strong so you can be a light because he's preparing us for another life hallelujah for the next life that's what the plan is for and there are many people who are going to turn away from God because when problems come they thought God was their genie in a bottle and was going to make all the problems go away and there are people today who are listening to me online who are mad at God because he didn't send the right person they could marry or give them the money that they wanted or or fix the problem that they had I'm here to tell you today God is not in the business of giving you everything you want. He's in the business of making his will come to pass. He has a good plan for you. There are going to be trials. Here's the truth that the trials are overcome through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. So there are many people who are turning away from God because Satan's lying to them as they go through the difficulties of life. And this week I want to talk to you about the other end of that spectrum. How that many people are going to turn away from God when things are going good. I want to talk to you about temptation. James 1, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. That addresses last week, the trials. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. And he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then lust, when it is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is complete, brings forth death. 
You see, God's not the one tempting you. God's not the one putting those temptations in front of you. Remember that, number one. Number two, you're drawn away by your own lust. You have a fleshly side that wants to do bad things. You know, it's, it's kind of like the old story of a, a guy who had a fence in his yard, and he drilled a hole in it, and he put a sign that says, don't look in this hole. And, of course, everybody that came by had to peek inside the hole because that's our human nature. It's like if we're not supposed to do it, that's usually what we want to do. And if we discipline ourselves and say, I'm not going to do that, then this thing in us just eats at us. Why don't you go do that? Why don't you go do that? Just get it over with and go do that. It's just our nature to do things we shouldn't do. It's that sin nature within us. We are drawn away by our own lust. And let me tell you something today. Sin produces death in the end. Sin produces death in the end. Now, you may be asking, what kind of temptations? Are you going to talk about specific things I shouldn't do? No, I'm not. Today, I'm going to talk to you today about simple understanding of what it means to sin. Loving anything more than you do God. Did you catch that? You see, there are some sins that we know we shouldn't do. You should not go over to your neighbor's house and punch him in the face because his dog is barking, right? You should not steal from work. There's some things you just shouldn't do, right? Those are the shouldn't do's. But do you know there's some things that in themselves, they're not sin until you make them so important in your life, they're more important to you than God. Listen, you should go to work and make a living, but when making money becomes more important to you than God, you have put money on the throne and taken God off of it. Come on, do you hear what I'm saying? There are a lot of things in our life that aren't necessarily bad, until we put them in a position where they become our God. And this is the temptation of the world. 1 John 15 through 17, do not love the world nor the things in the world. What is he saying? When he says do not love the world, he's saying don't praise or worship or fall in love with the systems and the mannerisms of the world. Don't fall in love with money. Don't fall in love with fame. Don't fall in love with these things because they will lift you to a certain plateau, but in the end, they will bring you down. The only thing that belongs on the platform of your life is God Almighty. Come on. Are you with me today? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Now watch this. The world is passing away, and also its lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Let's unpack this scripture real quickly here. The world and its pleasures and treasures is what he's talking about. Falling in love with fame. Falling in love with having your thing. You know, there's, there's people right now who are spending uh, thousands of dollars to make YouTube videos and TikTok videos for some fame. Now, there's nothing wrong with making videos. There's nothing wrong with getting likes. There's nothing wrong with any of that kind of stuff until it becomes your God, until it becomes the reason you get up in the morning. There are people today who are starting a business, running a business, and it's beginning to become successful. And that business in their heart is becoming more important to them than God. There are people who have relationships. I have seen so many people who come and they're single and they sit right back there. Let's just say they're right back there and they love the Lord and they've given their life to the Lord and they're pursuing God. Then one day they meet a girl, they meet a boy and that girl and that boy don't want to go to church anymore. And all of a sudden they abandon church. They abandon it all because they go wherever that relationship is. They love that relationship. They want to be married so bad. They want to make it work so bad. They're willing to put God on a shelf 
and put another person in front of them. Come on, am I getting in your life today? The world and its pleasures and its treasures. God clearly says more than once, if you love the world more than me, you don't get me. You've got to love me more than the things of this world. You see, loving the world usually happens when things are going well. You see, when we're not doing too well, that's when we get on our knees, a lot of us. Come on, can I tell you something? I think sometimes the reason that God lets you go through stuff is because you ain't been on your knees. And so God wants you on your knees, and so he lets you go through some stuff to realize that you're not all that in a bag of chips, and you need some help from God. And you will get on your knees, and you'll say, God, I realize I've messed up, and I need you. Amen? We have, uh, when we have extra time on our hands, we use it for the pleasures of this world. When we have extra money, we spend it oftentimes on the pleasures of this world. You know, I've been in church all uh, my life, and I've been in ministry for a long time. And let me tell you just a little sneak uh, of information about offerings. It is not the people who have money that give the most money. Some of the poorest people in the world give the most money to the church. You know why? Because on the throne of their heart is God Almighty. Money's not on it. And they don't care if they have to drive a secondary car, a car that's maybe 10 years old, and they don't care that they can't buy the newest clothes and have the fanciest stuff, and they don't care about that kind of stuff. Their heart is for God. They give their time. They give their money. Oh, to many people, when you're not consumed with worry or fear, you get your eyes upon the things of the world. How are you tempted? It says here, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. We see this exampled in the story of uh, Adam and Eve in the garden in Genesis chapter 3. It says, now the serpent, which was Satan, was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. But from the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open." And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They knew they were naked. You know what they became aware of? They became aware of sin. They became aware that they were not who they thought they were. Let's look at this. The Bible says that the fruit was a delight to the eyes. Eve saw that fruit and it looked so good. It looked so good. And can I tell you something? Temptation starts like there. Uh, you start seeing things around you. You know, we take things in with our eyes. And, and a lot of times you can be driving down the road and you'll see a billboard that'll get you mad. It'll say something maybe political or you'll see a post on Facebook that'll say something political that you don't like and it'll get you mad. It started with your eyes. Uh, there are some people who look at things and they covet. They, they're jealous. They can't see a nice house without being mad or jealous that they don't have that nice house. And they begin talking with envy and, and frustration and anger about the person that lives there. And they start becoming judgmental. 
It starts when Satan puts something in front of your eyes and he says, doesn't that look good? Oh, man, doesn't that look good? Oh, let's get back to food because I can understand how she ate that fruit. Have you ever seen some good-looking food? Ooh, man, sometimes my wife cooks some food and you can smell it. You can hear it. Like I say, one of my favorite sounds is chicken frying in the, in the kitchen. Uh, or just, uh, man, when she makes that thing of enchiladas and it hadn't been dug into yet and the cheese is just melted just right on the top and you know it's about to go down right it looks so good there's so many things in this world that satan says don't that look good don't that woman look good don't that guy look good don't stealing that money look good wouldn't it be nice if you did this thing and had that yeah he's trying to draw you in to the systems of the world she saw it with her eyes the lust of the eyes then she saw that the fruit was good for food. Yeah, Satan first says, hey, don't that look good? And then secondly, he says, you ought to just go get it. Go get it. Live your life. How are you going to experience life if you never go after it? Just go after that thing. Go take that thing. Go indulge yourself. You can always ask God forgiveness later. Just go ahead and go after that thing and enjoy life and experience life. Hallelujah. There are some people today that feel like they've experienced life because they've had multiple sexual partners in their life. They feel like they've been through it all and they've got notches on their bedpost. Can I tell you a better experience is if you have no notches, but maybe that one woman or that one man that you gave your life to. Come on, somebody. Yes. That you're faithful in the commitments that you have. The world says go after it, experience it, have it, take it for yourself. You deserve it. Go after it. The devil will sit there and lie to you. And I want you to notice something today. Satan did not force feed her that apple. Satan did not pick it, pull it down, cut it into pieces and give it to her. No, he simply lied to her and he convinced her to mess her own self up. That's what's going on. You see, Satan's going to lie to you and tell you that it's not that bad. Do it the way the world's doing it. Life is changing. And so just do it the way the world is doing it. Yes, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Satan told her you'd become like God. Now, I want you to notice, he, he told the truth and he told a lie. He said, you're going to know good from evil. Now, that was not a good thing for them because once they knew good from evil, they knew they were not really good. There's a lie because the lie was this, you shall not surely die. Because God said, when you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. Satan lied and she believed the lie of the devil that it wasn't really going to pull her away. It wasn't going to hurt her. And some of you today, you are tempted you have seen the temptation. You have felt the craving for it. And the devil is whispering into your ear, it's not going to hurt you. Just one step into it. Just go ahead. What you don't realize is that he's trying to get you to step in a rabbit hole that's going to drag you down. It's going to pull you in and it's going to be very difficult for you to get out of it. He lies and says, it's not going to hurt you. You're missing out on the world has to offer. Oh, listen, your parents and grandparents and that Bible morality stuff, that's a bunch of garbage. We have evolved. Yeah, we've evolved. We're not, we're not worried about that kind of stuff, are we? We've evolved and, and we know better now. And so I want to encourage you. Satan would say, listen, just go for it. Don't worry about it. God is a forgiving God. And oh, God is a forgiving God. Of course he is. Hallelujah. But I want you to know that if you step into it, you could find yourself in a position where you may never get back out of it. 
Not because Jesus can't save you, but because you don't realize you need saving anymore. He brings you into the temptation, then he tells you this is good, isn't it? And then once the, the first time you get in runs out and the satisfaction of the pleasure of sin for a season runs out, what happens is that you need more and you go farther and you go deeper and sin just sucks you in and pulls you in. Hebrews eleven twenty four by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to call the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Oh, I, I wish you could get this today. I hope you get this. Moses had an opportunity to have everything the world could offer him. He was the prince of Egypt. Adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, he could have had all the money, all the power, all the fame. He could have had it all. But he wanted something better. He wanted the reward that God had for him. And he was willing to trade all of the fame, all of the pleasure this world had to offer so that he could suffer with the people of God. So that he could go through the, the wilderness. So that he could be stopped at the Red Sea. So that he could face the armies of Egypt behind him. So that he could go through all of the difficulties because he valued what God had for him more than what the world had to offer Judas walked every day with Jesus. He had everything right there with him. He knew the son of the living God. He'd heard the stories. He'd seen the miracles. He'd watched people raised from the dead. And yet he sold Jesus for 40 pieces of silver. Hallelujah. Come on. He sold Jesus for such a small amount. 30 pieces of silver. Excuse me. He sold Jesus for such a tiny amount of money. Now, no money. No amount of money is worth selling Jesus for. But think about it today. He sold Jesus for such a small amount of money. Notice what it says here. The world and all that is in it is passing away. That's because we're living for the next one. You see, Jesus Christ is coming back again. When he came the first time, born in a major, he came to redeem us spiritually, to perfect us spiritually. But the Bible says that you and I aren't completely perfect yet. You and I still have a flesh and we still make mistakes and our minds and our emotions, even our own bodies aren't perfect yet. But there's a promise in the scripture. The promise is that the same Jesus that went away is coming back again in like manner and he's going to heal our emotions. He's going to perfect our minds. He's going to deliver us and make all things new. That is the life we're living for. That's why we're willing to trade money and fame and the pleasures of this world because we believe in the promises of God. But today the devil is working overtime trying to convince you to just go after it. Go after the things of the world. Go after it. Just put all of your heart into the money, into the fame, into the women, into the men, into the pleasures of this life. You only live once, he says. And he's trying to rob you of your faith. He's trying to convince people that there's a God, but he doesn't love them, so abandon him. He's trying to convince Christians that there's no God at all. Temptation is everywhere and it's growing. And right now there are people who once believed in God who are changing their mind. They've been convinced by the world around them. They've decided that they want it. They want the money. They want the fame. They want the pleasure, even though it's passing away. They'll take it. Some are even aware and they'll sell their soul so they can have it. The world is continually flashing its goods before your eyes and many are being drawn away from faith. 
Satan took Jesus to the top of a very high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms and riches of this world. And he said, all of this I will give to you if you will simply fall to your knees and worship me. But Jesus said this, it is written, you shall worship the Lord God only. The only thing that matters is God. And you know what that means? When you get to a place where you put God on the throne and money's not on the throne and, and sex ain't on the throne and relationships ain't on the throne and fame ain't on the throne, you know what that means? It means when money's gone, it doesn't matter because God is still on the throne. And when relationships are gone, it doesn't matter because God is still on the throne. And when fame is gone, it doesn't matter because our God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. Many are leaving the faith because they want to experience the things the world has to offer. You can have this old world. I'm telling you, this is my declaration. You can have this old world. I don't need it. I, I like money as much as anybody. Uh, I like to, to enjoy things, but listen, that don't, that's not my life's goal. I don't wake up in the morning trying to figure out how to be rich and how to beat the system. I'm not trying to die with the most toys. I'm not trying to prove to everyone else that I'm better than they are by what I own or how much fame I have. I'm not trying to reach some level where people will look up to me. I'm here to tell you that I want you to just look up to Jesus Christ. And if you forget my name, that's okay. As long as you remember my story is Jesus saved me. Hallelujah. And he set me free. And if you remember anything, he said, God is the Lord of my life. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be one of those who abandons their faith. I'm not going to be one of those who walks away and doesn't come home. I'm not going to be one of those who gives up, falls to temptation. I'm going to be like Paul. I'm going to say, I have kept the faith. Hallelujah. I have run the race. I have been through the highs. I have been through the lows. I've seen the temptations, but I've turned it down because I want Jesus more than anything else. Oh, Father, I thank you today for everyone listening to this message, God, that it would stir our hearts, Lord. Help us to see that right now more than ever, especially in this country, God, where we're so blessed. We have so much extra time and money. Even the poorest of the poor, God, have, have money to spend, Lord. And we're so blessed. And the temptations are everywhere to take our time and our, our money and go after the things of this world and... And it's not in and of themselves that they're bad, God, but it's that when we love them and we want them more than you, they become such a temptation. And we fall to the lust of the eyes and people are falling to the lust of the flesh and people are falling to the pride of life. They want to be God. They've decided they know what's best for their life. They've decided what's right and wrong. They've decided how it's going to be. And they're being pulled away today, God. But I thank you for those. I thank you for those, God, that will not be pulled away. I thank you for those who are still in church. I thank you for those who still pray every day. I thank you for those who still believe in the veracity of the Bible of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for those people, God, who are still faithful. I thank you for those who still call upon you. I thank you, Lord, for those who are in this place today and listening to me on the Internet today, who when they're the only ones at work who stand up for God and when everyone's laughing at them and making fun of them, they refuse to back down. They will not let go of their faith. For I know, Lord Jesus, that you said that there is a crown of righteousness awaiting them. There's an, a reward 
awaiting them. Something so good, so beyond anything this world could have to offer. That while the pleasures and treasures of this life are passing away, the reward that God has for us is greater than anything we could ever know. Hallelujah, Jesus.